Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe Church Podcast. This is a podcast designed for those who are curious about finding out more information about Tribe Church, our core values, our beliefs, and starting September 16th, the messages that are delivered on Sunday. In the meantime, we're giving weekly podcasts, and we're starting a new series today. My name is Pastor Matt Dilley. And my name is Pastor Carrie Dilley, and we'll be starting a seven-week series on the book of James today. So today's uh, series does start with the book of James, and we're going to go through a seven-part series. The The first part is going to be called Trials and Temptations, mm-hmm. and we're breaking this into two parts. The first part uh, is about trials, and the second half of the podcast will be about uh, temptations. And we're going to start right at the beginning of the book of James. So James 1, um, or excuse me, James chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, James, a servant of God, and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations greetings consider it pure joy my brothers whenever you face trials of many kinds I love that consider it pure joy because you're I mean it I love that it says first of all I love that it says the 12 tribes because um, I think we've mentioned before that we're going through um, the Bible this year and we're still back in the Old Testament and we've seen those 12 tribes Um, we saw their birth we've seen them grow up and we've seen them scatter and so it's interesting to uh, hear that this book is written to the 12 tribes Um, that's really cool I like it when the books kind of connect I like to see all those little me too me too connections throughout the bible Proverbs 17 3 says the crucible for silver and the furnace for gold but the Lord tests the heart so the first thing we want to talk about when it comes to trials is as you're going through a trial, you need to recognize what's really going on. To go along with that, James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, to continue, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And it is true what we read there in Proverbs, the Lord tests the heart. But that doesn't mean that the trial you're going through is something that is caused by God, right? And we'll talk more about that when we get to temptation. But when we're talking about trials, what it means is that God can do all work together, all those things for his good, for his glory. So when you're going through that, when you're going through a trial, what that really does is it develops your perseverance. It makes you into a better person. That leads us to the second thing, which is that um, in a trial, so you need to one, recognize what's really going on. Number two, cooperate with God's growth process. Uh, James uh, 1 4 says perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything you that you may be mature and complete so when you're going through a trial it's easy to look at that and just say like God is unhappy with me Mm -hmm. God doesn't love me right uh, and you want to blame God for that which first of all it's like uh, you, you don't know that the trial you're going through is something that God is putting you through and second of all, if God is putting you through it, it is to make you a better person. Right. Um, and it's to change you into a better person, to make you mature and complete, not lacking in any area. And sometimes I know there's been so many trials in my life, in our mm-hmm. life, that have made us more complete, made us right. more mature, made right. us better people that had we not gone through them, whether they were part of God's mm-hmm. um, plan for us or not, but mm-hmm. because of his love for us in those things and for our faith in those times right. they've made us into better people 
I know um, that actually makes me think of a story from a couple weeks ago. A friend posted a picture, I think it was on Facebook, of her yard was all torn up, that they'd had to pull pipes out of their yard and things like that. And we actually had a really similar thing happen to us in the first house that we bought. And um, I said, you know, I'm really... I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm really glad we went through that because one, it made us better home buyers in the future. And then it also, it taught us to deal with some stuff that I'm really glad we dealt with when we were in our twenties because it's made our thirties when other stuff happens. It's like, okay, well is, you know, do we have running water in our home? Like is our yard all torn up? Are we paying $20,000 for a pipe? Like, right. Um, and it also that verse in James reminds me so much of the verse in Romans, Romans five, three, Five, three, and four says, um, we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And I love that. I love how that like fits together yeah, with this that, verse from James. That you go from perseverance, which is sort of just surviving. Right. Yes. You go from survival mode. To uh, developing character as a result of that. And that character goes to hope. So right. that when, when you suffer further trials, when you suffer further issues you can look back on your perseverance and your character and now have hope because of your relationship with God and his love for you and you can give that hope to other people going back to that really really simple mm. illustration with the the water pipes and stuff like I was able able to offer hope to my friend and say hey listen like you know this sucks but you can get through it and you'll be a better person on the other side of it even if you have to replace yeah. this really expensive pipe it says in First Peter uh, 1, 6 and 7, it says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus, when Jesus Christ is revealed. Amen. The third thing you need to do when going through trials, is you need to ask for God's help. You need to ask God for help. In James 1, 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. Who gives generously, generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So it says, if you ask generously for God of God for wisdom, because um, a lot of times there are trials that you go through that are um, sort of, oh my gosh, how could this happen? This came out of nowhere. I cannot believe it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just never put gas in your car and that's why your right. car stopped yes. on the side of the road. Right. 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 Um, some of our trials that we go through are, we put ourselves into. are a result of our own decisions. Uh -huh. And so uh -huh. I think it's one thing to ask for God's help um, to get through a problem. It's an also when it talks about here in James, it's also another thing to ask God for wisdom. Like, right. am I the cause of this problem? You know, especially when we talk about relationships and things like that. Mm -hmm. Am I the reason that this problem is occurring? Cause sometimes I, I've talked to so many people, you know, maybe they need counseling or something like, I just feel like all my friends are awful and all my friends hate me. And I'm like, right. so all of your friends are the problem. And you're the only one who has it together, which may be true. Right. <laughs> Could be. But it may be that you're causing the problem right. with all of your friends and you're right. just not realizing it. So I think it's wise to pray for wisdom in those moments, too. One of the when we think of wisdom, we think of wisdom in the Bible. A lot of people think of King Solomon. And in First Kings um, three, verse nine, Solomon actually asks for wisdom. And these are the words that he uses. I just think they're really beautiful. I want to read them here. It says. It says in verse nine, give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil. And I just think that's a really like I can discern between good and evil. I can give me a, a discerning mind, give me a mind that is able to 
understand Mm -hmm. what's going on and i i think that's a really beautiful prayer and that's that's those are solomon's actual words that he used when he asked for wisdom the last thing is you need to keep a good attitude uh james 1 6 and 7 it says but when he asks he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind that man should not think he will receive anything from the lord he is double-minded man unstable in all he does so it, it just talks right there about how foolish it is for us to uh, to sort of assume the opposite, that God doesn't hear us, that God doesn't care for us, that God mm-hmm. doesn't want to help uh, provide us with an answer. To say that we, we doubt, it is like we are on a sea. We are constantly being torn about from one way or the other because we don't have sort of a, a consistent horizon in mind. We don't, we don't have a landing in mind. We don't know where our ship is going. And as right. a result of that, we're always going to be tossed around on the waves. And I think if you're looking for um, a way to increase your prayer life, I would suggest going back and listening to the three podcasts that occurred right before this one in our Teach Us to Pray series. There's a lot of really good stuff in there. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sounds really good to yeah, me. Yeah, it does. Is the, who, preser- who perseveres under trial because... He has stood the test and he will receive the crown of, of life that God has promised to those who love him. And I think that crown of life really is the only the joy that you can find in Christ. And Amen. I think that, you right. know, you can't truly understand what, what it means to have a relationship with God without having sort of gone through trials, without sort of going through your own troubles. Because you can't enjoy the sweet without the sour. You don't know what That's you're right. missing yeah. when all of you've seen is good and glory and goodness. Too much sweet will rot your teeth. Also, you're saying so there isn't an actual crown, so I'm clear. <laughs> yeah. it's not I act. guess if you really wanted to buy one after a trial, <laughs> I suppose t- you've deserved that. If that's, I, I may do that. Yeah. So the second half of this podcast is about temptations. So uh, how do we, what do we do with temptations? This is also a kind of a four-part um, uh, step here. So step one is when when you're when you're being tempted, you need to recognize the source of temptation, um, and this is all through the book of James, and obviously we're reading other. Um, verses here, but most of this it's just comes from James, on, so you can mm-hmm. find all of this in James. Uh, James one thirteen. When tempted, no one should say, "God is tempting me," for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone. And I think sometimes people confuse that; they feel like the, because trials. I think they look at trials and temptation, and because trials can come from God, they feel like the temptation can also come from God. And this is this is very clear. It says, "For God can." Uh, cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And so that's, I, I feel like the the verses almost parallel each other. Like the first one says, God is going to present you with trials when we're talking in the first verses. But when, by the time we get to verse 13, he's saying, you, you, we will not tempt you in this way. I will not tempt you in this and way. I think these make sense together because a lot of times when you're most heavily tempted, I think when you're most suggestible is when you're going through a trial. Right. When you're going through something because you want... You want to release, so to speak. You want something right. to go right. right. And, and what you end up doing is something that leads to death instead of doing something that leads to life. Right. And I think that's just the, the tendency. The second thing is when you're in, you know, with temptation is you need to understand the process of temptation. Um, James 1, 14 and 15 says, but each of each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, so don't miss that there by his own evil desire. He is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown, gives birth to death. 
it's almost parallel with that verse from Romans, which talks about our sufferings um, producing perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. This is saying kind of the opposite of that. It's saying that desire is going to conceive and give birth to sin. And then sin is going to, you know, grow up and then it's going to give birth to death. Like that's terrifying. Right. It takes it through a process of like, you know, right. temptation really starts with like a fantasy. You're fantasizing about it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're dreaming about what, whatever that temptation is actually fulfilling that temptation. And then you move towards it as a result of thinking about it more. The more you think about it, the more you fantasize, the more you dream about it. It leads you closer and closer to sort of allowing yourself to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you have the actual act of sin which um, eventually leads to to death because what's right. what's so funny is you you want to take those moments you want to take those things like oh it'd be so good to say this it'd be so great if I just could just lay into them like this you know I would love to be able to to uh, tell that person off you have all these things that you imagine that you want to do because you're like that would just oh I feel so good right like that's right. what you think I feel so good I would love to just tell them when I really think of them and you want to do these things that that feel like life. Right. But ultimately they're not life. There's no. the, the thing that feels like the feel the thing that feels like death is saying, Okay, you know what, I need to sit I need to sit back, I need to think about this a minute, I need Pray to not just it. react and I need mm-hmm. not, not not respond. That feels like death in the moment, right? Right. But it's so crazy because those things that feel like life actually lead to death and those things that are like little deaths are actually your way to life. Right. Well and even like like think of this like in terms of like chocolate. You know, like you're thinking like you have like the point where you're like, okay, if I can survive this day, if I can do whatever this is, I'm going to go home and I'm going to eat a cookie. Um, And but think about the number of like obesity related deaths that we have or like things from various unhealthy things that we might eat just in like a simple form as that that literally leads to death because, you know, a thousand billion cookies over a lifetime. Right. It's not going to go well for you. (laughs) I guess I guess I'll, I'll I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they feel like life right. in the no, moment, right. but they do. They lead to you're death. Right. You're right. Oh, I think that just ruined cookies for me. <laughs> Number three, learn how to overcome temptation. Um, so there's two verses on this. James says in one sixteen, "Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the he- of the heavenly heights, who does not change." like shifting shadows. So don't be deceived. We need to understand what every good and perfect gift means. And every perfect gift is not temptation. And you often, I think sometimes people are like, oh, I have trouble discerning what's good and what's not. It's like, no, you know, you know, you know, you you have a moral compass. Yeah, you feel it, you know, and that moral compass is there for a reason. Right. We all have that sense of guilt. You all have that sense of like, um, Maybe I shouldn't do this. You all have that voice speaking to you, and mm-hmm. that's what that voice is doing. And then in First Corinthians ten thirteen, this is like one of my favorite verses. When I first one of one of the first verses I memorized when I became a Christian was this verse. It was part of a Bible study that I did at the Christian campus house at Ball State, which we actually visited today. Chirp chirp. Um, this was one of the first verses I ever memorized. It was part of the Bible study. You had to memorize these verses. But um, it says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. And I don't want to dive too much into that because it's going to go long. But one, this is one of the most commonly misquoted verses because what it actually says is that you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. What people quote is God will not give you more than you can bear. Right. And people say that when you're going through a trial, when you're going through issues, they'll say to you, oh, well, God won't give you more than you can bear. And it never never says says that. that. It never says that God won't give you more than you can bear. And when you hear that when you're going through a trial, you're like, well, that's ridiculous because I feel like this is more than I can bear. And 
it, you told me that God won't do that. Right. Well, and like, oh my gosh, like people who have lost a child or who've lost a parent when they're really young or whatever, like that is more than you can bear. That is, that is more than what a person, you know, should or shouldn't like should have to deal with. Right. Like, and so to say that I think can be really a detriment to people who are going through a crisis. Like, well, you can bear this because God's not going to put more on you than, than you can bear. Like, no, that's, that's ridiculous. That's completely ridiculous. What I, what I also like about this is it says no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. So everything you're going through is common to everyone. Right. Even though I think that there are temptations that hold faster to other people than, than they do, you know, yourself. Like everybody right. has things that are their vices. But everything that you're going through it's not uncommon to anyone. Yeah. Like it's common to all man. Like we love you, but you're not special. And then it's even telling us that every time we're tempted, that God is faithful. Every time we are tempted, he will provide a way out. He will provide a way out so that you can get out of that situation. And I think. <clears throat> what a great verse for college ministry. Yeah. Like what a. Oh my gosh, like just thinking back to like we were on campus today, thinking back to like all the temptations that, that surround you when you're in college. And your love and mm-hmm. alcohol exists like like you know what a great verse for college students to to focus on that actually and be, anyone right that actually brings us to our fourth point about love fall in love with jesus amen fall in love with jesus and james 118 says he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word and we out of all creation become his prized possession we jesus talks about even if I care about like the birds of the air, if I, I provide them with a way to live and a way to eat, how much more do I care for you mm-hmm. uh, that we are made in his image and he loves and cares for each one of us. And I think it's so hard for people to get to the point where they realize that the God of the universe not only loves you, not only cares about you, but wants a genuine relationship, relationship. with you. Yeah. Awesome. John fourteen fifteen says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. I think sometimes people... They were like, I love Jesus, but they don't want to do what that means. Right. They don't want to do what he, they don't want to do what he says. Right. You know, or so like, I love the idea of Jesus. If my son says, I love you, but then goes against everything that I ask him to do, disrespects me and doesn't treat me well. Does that really feel like love? No. I mean, you can say you love me and he right. may actually mean that he loves me. But do you really mean it if you're not? treating that other person with love and respect. And I think that's where people, a lot of people get hung up. They're like, Oh, I love Jesus, but I love what he stood for. I love what he said, but they don't want to change their life in the way that it would mean if he was the son of God and he really does love you and want a relationship with you. What does that mean for the way you have to live your life? Right. Thanks everybody for joining us today. Uh, We've had a great time with this podcast. We're looking forward to the next six weeks of our sermon series on the book of James. If you're interested in hearing more about uh, Tribe Church, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Tribe Church Plainfield. Tribe Church Plainfield on Facebook and Instagram. If you're interested in hearing more about our story of how we came to launch Tribe Church, you can check out my blog, tribeliving.info. You can also uh, continue to listen to this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, give us reviews. We appreciate all of that. Or you can come out to our next gathering, which is May 20th from 6 to 7 o'clock at the Plainfield uh, Aquatic Center in Plainfield, Indiana. It's on Vestal Road. Vestal Road, yes. We have uh, food and t-shirts and fun vetted volunteers to hang out with your kids. It's going to be a great time. So we hope to see you all then. If not, join us next week for our continuation of the Book of James series. Bye.